500 years ago he washed ashore the sole survivor of a shipwreck and upon the skull of the man who killed his dad he said i'm mad i must eradicate piracy injustice and cruelty and all my sons will follow me so evil doers will believe that this man cannot die the phantom the ghost who walks the phantom enemies beware the phantom's always there but you won't find the phantom G'day everybody, and for those who have come in late, you're listening to X-Ban, the Phantom Podcast. Uh, this is episode 142. My name is Jermaine, and today I'm joined by Dan. How are you, Dan? Very good, Jermaine. Good morning, and um, good to speak to you. Yes, it is a good morning. Uh, well, maybe it is a morning. I'm not sh- quite sure about the good part yet. Um, <laughs> it's starting well. <laughs> it is starting very well. It is a good way to start the day. Um, so today we are joined by one of the modern day greats, not just in the Phantom world, which we primarily are Phantom fans, but also in the general worldwide comics field. Today we are joined by Graham Nolan. How are you, Graham? I'm very good. How are you guys? Yeah, good. Very good. Yeah, very good. It's uh, a great way to start the day. Um, So I guess let's just get straight into it. Um, First of all, we thank you for your time. Um, So most fans will probably know you from your Sunday work, which you did strips from uh, Sunday strips from the year 2000 to 2007. But you're your phantom imprint is much larger than that. Uh, anyone who has the uh, who has the recent card series that has come out by Free, uh, you've got work in that. You've also got work in uh, Moonstone as well, um, including uh, their first annual as well, which was a a comics a comic book that I read last night to uh, to get started for this, and it was still a great enjoyable read. And then you've also got um, covers and work that you've done for um, Egmont as well and of course a lot of that has appeared in uh, in the free comic as well so um, I was just wondering Graham we'll start all the way from the beginning could you just briefly tell us a little bit about yourself um, like your your age or your range um, where you were raised did you study art and and you know just kind of go from there and then we'll uh, work ourselves into the phantom sure uh, well, I'm 50, I'll be 58 in March. Um, I grew up uh, as a young kid in Long Island, uh, which is uh, just uh, right off of Manhattan in New York. Um, for you Australians that don't know <laughs> where that is. <laughs> um, my dad was a, uh, was a cop, and uh, when he retired, he moved the family to Florida, uh, where I uh, spent my teen years, my, my real growing up, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I, I knew I wanted to do comics from the time I was 12 years old. Um, a teacher had brought in a stack of books for, for the kids to read during recess. And um, uh, I just, they were just really turned me on. So I, I, I got into it and, um, I, and I knew from the time I was 12. So, you know, every opportunity I had to take uh, any kind of art courses, uh, I did uh, storytelling courses, um, uh, literature and writing courses, that kind of stuff. Um, and eventually I ended up at the uh, Joe Kubert School of uh, Cartoonographic Art. Uh, I'm sure your comic fans know who Joe Kubert is. Um, and uh, 
I went a couple of years there. I ran out of money, couldn't go back. Uh, hmm. But I had uh, uh, developed my skills enough to where I could get entry level positions, and you know, I, I sort of uh, you know finished the polishing off uh, uh, on the job. Awesome. And so when you said that you're doing the entry level, was that um, in the comic field or was it more in the art or graphic design type of area? Uh, it was uh, uh, to pay the bills. I was working at an advertising agency doing ad work and, and paste up and mechanical stuff, you know, which was uh, uh, the way you prepped stuff mm. for print back in the day before Photoshop. Uh, you <laughs> had, to, had to hand do it. Um, so that that paid the bills, and uh, I, I would get freelance jobs. Um, I had some from um, uh, the Dungeons and Dragons uh, TSR, is the name of the company, the uh, uh, Dungeons and Dragons stuff. Um, and then I had some. Um, uh, uh, let's see. Well, my my first professional comic work was actually uh, I was still a student at Kubert School. Um, the uh, talent coordinator. Uh, was one of my uh, storytelling teachers, and he bought two assignments that I had done for his class for his book, uh, New Talent Showcase. Okay, cool. Um, now, I will admit I've stolen this question a little bit from a, a from Ed Rhodes, who originally uh, had an interview with you in the Lee Fort, um, no, in the Friends of the Phantom newsletter, and he told us the story that um, you had a that you were introduced to the Phantom uh, by someone dear to you. Uh, could you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, it was my mom. Um, I didn't. The Phantom wasn't in any of the papers um, uh, where I lived, but my, where my mom grew up, um, it was in her paper. So she read it as a kid, and uh, you know that was her favorite uh, strip and her favorite uh, superhero was was the Phantom. Uh, so she would tell me about it, and then uh, at the time Charlton was uh, was doing Phantom Adventures, mm -hmm. so that was really the first uh, um, my first exposure to the character was uh, through the the Charlton comics. Mm -hmm. So, what, like, uh, did it did the character resonate with you? What was it about the character that resonated with you? Um, I, I liked uh, his assuredness. You know, he was very self-assured. Uh, I like that uh, he wasn't burdened by um, any kind of uh, trauma the way, you know, uh, Batman was or yeah. even Spider-Man. You know, I mean, to the Phantom, um, he's just entering the family business. You know, that's yeah. what every, every son, you know, every grown, uh, the firstborn son you know, becomes the next Phantom. You know, it's like you walk into the family business and he treated it as such. Uh, the Phantom always enjoys what he's doing, you know, when he's kicking somebody's ass, he's enjoying that, you know, <laughs> mm. there, there's a certain amount of, um, um, humor to him too, which I liked. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, he, he had a, a, a wolf as a pet, you know, which was really cool and had a hot girlfriend and carried some <laughs> 1911 45s through the woods. What's not to love? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> when, when you put it like that. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I think you've just made every listener very happy, Graham. <laughs> uh, I, it's interesting. We've, we've interviewed a few creators, and they all talk about the Charlton Gold Key uh, era as well. So it's, it's like, 
a lot of fans like you know my age they kind of rubbish the series because the stories aren't the best and all that but there's a lot of creators um and and, and fans who that was their introduction to the character so it's 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 interesting to hear just how important that series really really is to the overall lore of the of the phantom it was the only game in town really i mean unless your local newspaper carried the strip uh it was the mm. only time you got to read Phantom Adventures. Uh, at the same time, though, when I was a, a kid growing up, that's when uh, the paperbacks were being coming out. Were, were coming oh, yeah. out mm. uh, with those did really you, George did, Wilson painted covers. Did you collect and read those as well at the time, Grant? I did. Yeah, yeah I have all of those. I still have all of them. Yeah, right. Yeah, they're, they're, they're great series, and the covers would have. So, were the covers a, a, an inspiration to you as a as an up and coming artist? Uh, I wouldn't say no. I, I wouldn't say they were. I mean, I, I thought they were really cool. Same way I thought the Doc Savage covers, the James Bama Doc mm. Savage covers are really cool, and I would stare at them, you know, forever, you know. But, <laughs> you know. Where, yeah. Which um, Phantom or otherwise, Grant, who, which artists are you, um, uh, your inspiration, or that did you, did you, were you inspired by at that age as you were learning, as you were starting? Uh, 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 yeah, uh, of the of all the Phantom artists, um, uh, the one that inspired me uh, not only in his interpretation of the Phantom, but his interpretation of Batman, and that was Don Newton. Mm. Yes, um, mm. but uh, but specifically for the Phantom, uh, I was inspired by three guys: uh, Don Newton, uh, Ray Moore, and uh, uh, Cy Berry. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, Primarily, I think Ray Moore and uh, and Don Newton even more than Cy, mm. because there was a roughness about it, uh, about uh, their Phantom, and I liked the shorter boots that those guys drew too. Okay, fair enough. So it's a, a quirky uh, detail to remember. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Don Newton's. It's you know his art's amazing. Um, you know, I, th- I think for, you know, a lot of fans who collect art and stuff like that, it's definitely a, a, a grail piece. Um, so what, what other artists have influenced you over the time? Uh, my first uh, artistic influence was John Romita. Yeah. Uh, his, he, he still inspires me. Um, but uh, John Buscema, uh, Gil Kane, uh, Jack Kirby... Um, and then, you know, when I started to discover strip artists, um, I really, really got inspired by guys like, uh, Frank Robbins and, uh, um, uh, Roy Crane, uh, Roy Crane did, uh, uh for those people that don't, don't know, Roy Crane is the father of the adventure strip. He created uh, wash tubs and captain easy, and then eventually did, uh, Buzz Sawyer and, uh, yeah. you know, so much of the language that we know in comics, like, um, you know, punching a guy and stars coming out of his face, or, you know, uh, those were originated by Roy Crane. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, he, he was uh, an amazing, amazing storyteller. Yeah. I've, I've seen some of his work in the Comics Reviews magazine that comes out, which also features the Phantom, and there's a lot of uh, adventure strip stories in there. So. Right. 
Um, yeah, wow. And fact, I believe he inspired. Oh, I, I was just going to say that Roy Crane was so influential. He he inspired uh, uh, Charles Schultz. Uh, he inspired Joe Schuster, who created yeah. uh, Superman, and uh, Alex Toth. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. Alex Toth wrote to to him uh, and sent him work uh, to wonder, you know, what do you think of it? And uh, uh, Roy Crane gave him some advice that uh, I still keep to heart. You know, he said to Alex Toth, uh, "Take out everything that doesn't tell your story, and with what's left, draw the hell out of it." <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's that's great yeah. advice. Absolutely, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, so how, how did you come about, um, getting the gig for the Sunday strip for the Sunday newspaper strip? Purely accidental. Uh, <laughs> uh, I had, uh, I had been thinking about getting out of comics for a while because at the time in the, uh, late nineties, uh, early, you know, 2000, something like that, uh, things were changing. Uh, I didn't like uh, what the major publishers were putting out. I was losing interest in that stuff. And um, I tried to get um, a, a book that I self-published called Monster Island um, oh. Syndicate. So I sent it out to all the uh, uh, syndicates and uh, they came back with the same you know, answers that this is amazing, we love it, but we can't sell a continuity strip, an adventure strip. Um, but King Features came back and said, well, we've got one uh, that we have an opening on. Are you interested? And it was Rex Morgan, MD, a mm -hmm. uh, medical soap opera strip. Yep. And uh, I said to uh, the editor, I said, well, what I really like to do is the Phantom. And he <laughs> said, well, we don't, have, <laughs> we don't have any openings on the Phantom right now. So I said, okay. So I took the Rex gig to get my foot in the door. And then yep. it was two months later, I got a call from him and said, uh, we got an opening on the Sunday Phantom. Do you want it? I said, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> Great timing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, but I also let him know what I wanted, you know, yeah. and he remembered. So, you know, you yeah. got to let him. I think, I think from memory, you'll oh, see if I get this right. I think you're one of three artists who have done both Rex and the Phantom. I think it's yourself, uh, Eduardo and Mike Manley. Is it? I think from memory, or is it Terry Beatty? Sorry, yeah, Terry yeah. Beatty. Yeah, I got all those guys those jobs too. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, but have you enjoyed yeah, the, uh, that aspect of? Um, uh, I'm jumping around, sorry, Jim. But have, have you enjoyed that aspect of um, your your career, Graham, um, becoming a mentor and a um, an inspiration for others? I'm sorry. What was the question? Just, um, you know, we talked a little a moment ago about who influenced you and inspired you as a as a young person. Um, mm -hmm. It sounds like you, you've, well, all of us as we get later in our careers have the opportunity to be a mentor and an influence and an inspiration to others. Have you enjoyed that aspect of your career? Oh, absolutely. In fact, before this thing, I was up at a coffee shop with a uh, two parents and their daughter who was thinking of, uh, you know, going into art and they wanted to meet with me. So... I sat down with her and talked to her and looked at her artwork and, you know, talked about schools and stuff like that. So, yeah, it, it, nice. it's great to give back, you know, and mm. when you have the opportunity uh, and you, um, I didn't get to meet any of these, uh, any of my inspirations when I was a young kid, uh, mm. I just didn't mm. have that opportunity. So 
and I always wished I could have. So, um, you know, when people contact me, you know, uh, about it, you know, I'm always willing and, uh, to, you know, to pour out what's in my little brain. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I'm sure they appreciate it. Yeah. Um, so over your seven year period that you did the Phantom in the Sunday, uh, in the Sunday stories, um, there was 13 stories. Do you have a favorite out of those? Um, hmm. <laughs> no, I, I, I can't say there was, there was a couple that, that I really liked. Uh, well, yeah, yeah, I guess I would have a favorite. Uh, it would be the Sinbad Stone, the one I wrote. <laughs> I thought you were I, I, thought, I suspected. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And we want to ask you about, well, I okay, guess, sorry, Jim. <laughs> no, 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 you, you can ask. It's, uh, it's, it's one of the questions we actually had was about the Sinbad story. So, um, yeah, you can ask that one, Dan. Yeah, I just, uh, how you came to, to author that one and um, get, be one of, uh, what do we say, only four published Sunday authors for The Phantom. Yeah, and the only one who ever wrote and drew it th the same story. Absolutely. So it, it ended up being historical, which is kind of cool. Uh, it came about through a, a terrible act of fate because uh, Tony DePaul was in a bad motorcycle accident. Mm. And uh, he got T-boned at a light and uh, his, mm. his femur got crushed, crushed. So, you know, he was in a lot of pain and wasn't able to write. So, um, you know, I contacted Jay and I said, you know what, uh, I'd be happy to step in. I had some writing experience over at DC and um, I pitched a story. Uh, I had actually a couple Phantom stories um, that I wanted to do. Um, and uh, that's how it came about. Hmm. And, a, and a really uh, fun story as well. I enjoyed it. Oh, good. Thank you. Yeah, I'm just flicking through the Moonstone book now. Um, well, you know, those pages are out of order. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, it's, it's confusing, but yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah the narrative is much better. <laughs> it's, it's a pity because they, they did a great job in reproducing your work as well. Um, and, you know, the covers are amazing. Um, you know, uh, they're, they're amazing pictures by you. And, and I like reading my Sunday strips like that, unedited. And, and mm -hmm. you know, with, with the whole, with all the panels and all that. But it's just a lot harder to, um, uh, a lot harder to read when they're out of order. <laughs> um, yeah. So did you, um, you, you made mention of uh, Tony DePaul, and I, and I believe that you still keep in touch with Tony now? Yeah, uh, I, I actually uh, uh, saw Tony recently when I was at a convention in uh, Rhode Island. Uh, he lived nearby, and I told him I was going to be in the area, so we got together and had dinner. So, yeah, yeah. Tony's a great guy. He, he is. We've had him on the podcast a couple of times, and um, we've, uh, we've enjoyed all the chats that we've had with him um, and the, and the inside as well. He's definitely someone who thinks a lot about what he writes. It's not just a, I guess it's just not a job. It's a passion as well. It's more than just yeah. a job to him. Um, yeah. Did you ever have any dealings with uh, Clace Ramifi or, or anything like that? Um, uh, with, Cause a couple of the stories that you did were written by him as well. Yeah. The first, First two, I think, were written by him before Tony took over. Uh, but no, I never had any uh, interaction with him. Okay. 
Um, now, one of the one of the characters that you did create with with uh, Tony was uh, I'm going to probably butcher the way that we supposedly pronounce this, but uh, Chatu or Chatu? Yeah, the Python. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Python. Um, now he he's been a mainstay antagonist for the Phantom for ever ever since you created it, and that story where you introduced him is absolutely amazing. Um, with the Phantom almost getting blown up. He's actually um, being um, referenced in today's daily uh, strip, the, the the current daily story. He's still a, still a part of the Phantom world. Mm. That's right. That was the story that the Sinbad Stone dovetailed into. Uh, it dovetailed yes. into the Sinbad Stone because uh, he was uh, he was recuperating from that. Mm. So now maybe maybe I'm drawing a long bow here or anything like that, but um, I see a little bit of Bane. In 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 the Python is like where did you get inspiration from uh, Chatter? Was there was there all the Python? Was there a lot of uh, communication with Tony, or was it just like he just gave you a description and you just kind of went from there? Yeah, I can't even remember him giving me much of a description <laughs> of him. Uh, uh, and it you know it's been so long I can't remember what I based him on, but <laughs> but 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 I remember. I think it was an actor oh, that I, okay. you know, the, because he had a specific haircut and uh, a beard, mustache type mm. look. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he's a great character. Because um, he, I, I guess, one of the things that I like about him is that he matches the Phantom physically, but also mentally. He's able mm-hmm. to, yeah, and we don't always get to see the bad guys that can actually challenged a phantom like that so um yeah i've really enjoyed the character ever since he was created by by the two of you's cool now um i'm going to ask you to go back a little bit further back in 2004 um after that story where we first met uh the python the phantom as we made mention he was actually blown up now, and, and then you talked about how he dovetailed into your story, The Sinbad Stone. Now, I'm not sure if you remember, but you actually did something that only one other artist has actually ever done, and that was that you drew the Phantom's eyes. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I got a little trouble for that. Did um, you know this question was coming? <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, you know, it's so funny, you know, you're never supposed to show the Phantom's face. And so uh, I knew that going in as a Phantom fan, you don't show his face. So I thought that if I kept him in shadow uh, enough, that that would be good enough. Um, I mean, you certainly wouldn't be able to pick him up out of a lineup from those images, you know. I mean, (laughs) constantly, you know, he was in all kinds of shadow and all that kind of but boy, oh boy, some fans got on my ass. <laughs> yeah, um, two things I got in trouble for on the Phantom. One was that, and the other one was that story we talked about a little earlier uh, where they go up into the mountain. Yep. Uh, I had a scene where the Phantom and Diana were in a hot spring. Oh, yeah, up, yeah. Up mountain, and they were naked. And, you know, I had like the steam coming up, you know, covering up the naughty bits, you know, this is a married couple, you know, and, you know, 
King Features got a a bunch of letters, you know, angry letters from some old biddies and stuff saying, you know, the Phantom and his wife were thinking. <laughs> it's like, I mean, come on, man. They're, you know? I remember that. I remember that story. At the time, I would have been probably in my early twenties and single, and so I thought it was great. Um, <laughs> and, and, and even now, it, it was a very personal moment between, or, or both scenes, in a sense, were, were very personal scenes between right, the Phantom exactly. and, and Diana. And you don't expect the Phantom. You know, to be in his costume and with his mask on and, and stuff. This is his wife. Perfect, right. You know. mm. um, Did, were, were either of those flagged with the editorial team or King Peaches as a, before printing, or was the first you heard about it when the uh, the old bitty started to write in? Uh, that was the first time I heard of it. Uh, and King Features told me, you know, I said, you know, don't worry about it. These, you know, the uh, these are just disgruntled people. You know, uh, particularly the one with the. Uh, uh, in the, the hot spring, you know, uh, Jay Kennedy said, don't even give it a second thought. You know, it's, it's obviously if it didn't meet code, you know, they would editorial because they're very good at, at flagging that stuff and cutting mm. things out, you know, they'd have contacted me. So they didn't think it was a problem. Mm. So the, one of the reasons I bring up the Phantom Eyes is because you actually, uh, we were actually in communication back then in 2004 and you sent me, and I'm not sure if you remember this or not, probably not, uh, but you sent an email <laughs> e explaining um, about the, the, the personal moment and all that. And that was when, for me, when I got that email, that was like, this guy is a Phantom fan. This guy knows what he's doing. It's not just a, a, a job to him. It's a, it's a, it's a passion. Um, right. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Did no, you print the email out and pin it up on your wall, Germ? Uh, no, I haven't. <laughs> but I have, I have, I have kept the email. But that's purely because uh, I'm a collector and a hoarder. So, <laughs> <laughs> and a bit of a giddy schoolboy at times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, so, when we were talking about your you being a writer, you've also written another phantom story as well. Um, yes. So that was an Egmont story, which uh, I, I thought was interesting that you didn't draw as well, that you only wrote the story and you got uh, Carrie Le Pen ended up um, drawing the story. Was there a reason why you didn't? Was it just a time restraint? No, I just uh, I didn't want to draw it. I wanted to do it as a writer, not as a writer-artist, you know, um, because because I'm primarily known as an artist, but you know I want to um, have uh, that aspect of my career be separate too. You know, mm. like I'm writing a series for um, um, AfterShock right now that um, Brett Blevins is drawing, the, yeah. and I'm not drawing it because for that very same reason. You know, I want it to stand on its own um, as a writer and and not not my art. Mm. You said yeah. earlier, Graham, that you, uh, when you were referencing the Sinbad Stone, that you had um, more Phantom stories in you at the time, and obviously this was a way to get one of those. Do you feel like you still have Phantom stories in you? Do you still have uh, ideas for stories that you could um, you could write and or draw? Oh, absolutely, yeah. I had a whole other uh, proposal about one which explores the, the, uh, the idea that the Phantom, that people feel the Phantom is immortal. Um, and, uh, one guy thinks it's so real, he wants to find out what 
you know, the secret of, of uh, immortal life is, you know. So he goes after the Phantom, and I created this whole um, organization, sort of like uh, a Phantom version of Hydra, mm, you know, to, to really kind of uh, give the Phantom a, a, an organization that, that's not just the pirates, you know. Oh, uh, uh, that would be to, I'd like to go back to to battle against you, you mean yeah mm. mm -hmm. so I, I i guess and I, I know you're busy with monster island with aftershock um also your your your, your uh your series um uh the newspaper series the sunshine is it the sunshine coast did i get that right That's sunshine state sunshine state um so is there is there room in your busy schedule for more phantom work or is that part of your life um is that part of your life over no it's uh it's not over uh I, like i said you know I, I i love the character i love the fan in fact i, I could have uh, theoretically retired out uh my career just you know drawing yeah. phantom you know because i i told them you know i i'd like to write and draw that strip and uh you know uh uh jay kennedy who was the editor at uh King Features at the time, promised me the strip yeah. and, uh, you know, uh, that the, I would get the dailies when, um, when George Olson retired and I was patient and I waited quite a few years, I, for like six years I waited and he finally mm. retired and I'm like, well, when do I take it over? And he says, well, we're still, we'll, we're still trying to decide, you know, who's going to do it. And I'm like, whoa, 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 what are you talking about? You know, you've been telling me for six years I'm going to be doing it. I've been mm. doing the sun for you all this time and everybody universally loves it you know why wouldn't i get it well it turns out that um uh egmont who was you know, who's one of their largest licensors if not the largest um was upset with how long they let uh you know the uh, the series kind of slide and they were having problems you know uh, selling material you know because you know people didn't like it and so they felt that they should have a say in who took over the daily. Oh. And they wanted Paul Ryan, who, uh, uh, who Paul worked for them, uh, was doing stuff for them at the time after he had left Marvel. Mm -hmm. So they wanted one of their guys in there so that they could have some control. And uh, I told Jay, I said, well, you know, Paul's a great guy. Was it was a great guy. You know, I, I had no problem with Paul as a person. Um, but that's not what Jay promised me. Mm. So I told him, you know, look, man, you're going back on your word. This is what you said. You know, you own the Phantom. It's your your um, your property. You know, nobody can should be able to dictate to you. You tell them, you know, mm. here's who's doing it. And why why he's the right guy? You know, it wouldn't have, you know. But he didn't have the guts to do that. And uh, he said, well, what we're gonna what we'd like you to do is pencil it, and we'll have Paul ink it. And I said, no. It's not what I was, it's not what I've been waiting around all these years for. Mm. And he says, well, that's the way it's going to be. And I said, well, then, you know, let's start looking for somebody else because I'm leaving. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I st stuck around another year uh, before I gave it up. Yeah. But that was the beginning of the end for you? Yeah. Yeah. 
That's really disappointing. Um, you know, as you say, nothing personal against Paul, and, and he had a great run on the Phantom, and we, you know, both Jermaine and I, and many fans love his work. But, uh, you know, uh, work's work, and business is business, and, um, you know, that that is a shame that uh, that's how it wrapped up. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was disappointed because I, um, I really loved doing it. You know, I had a passion for it, and, you know, it didn't wane. You know, I still put everything into it, uh, those mm. last few stories. Um, but, uh, you know, when it was over, it was, uh, it was over, you know, and I felt fine, you know, mm. because, you know, uh, I, I won't be lied to. Mm. Yeah. That it's, I appreciate you telling us that that was, um, one of the, one of the, the questions that, uh, everyone has, I guess, asked is, you know, you know, why, why you stepped away. So I guess that clears up a lot of mm. those types of questions for us. I appreciate that. Sure. Um, so moving, um, so as we said in the intro, um, for a lot of fans, um, they might have only seen your work in the trading card series. I'm just holding it up just so, have you seen, have you, have you seen the, uh, the recent trading card series that you and Chuck's did? Yep. So, um, it's interesting because there's been a, what is it? It's about a, about a 20 year gap between the parts (laughs) of the stories. Uh, are you are you happy the way the are you happy the way the story ended and that you got to finish it? Yeah, I was glad that we we, we got to revisit it. I mean, uh, the format doesn't allow for a lot of you know, <laughs> <laughs> uh, in depth storytelling, so to speak. No. <laughs> it's pretty much and bang, get to it and get out. Uh, but yeah, it, it was fun for me to return to the Phantom. Uh, cause like I did that after I had left mm. and, um, uh, also the, uh, the, the anniversary, um, and, or the annual that uh, Chuck and I did, we did the Western story in that annual yes. for Moonstone. And that was an absolute ball mm. to do. That was one of my favorite phantom moments was doing, uh, a, a Western and be a Western phantom, you know? <laughs> Yeah, no, I read that. Um, as I said, I reread that story last night. The the whole se- it it was a great annual. You know, there's five parts with different creators, mm-hmm. um, and it, and it's fun. You know, uh, that's what I got out of that that Moonstone annual is that it was just great fun, mm-hmm. um, and I believe that um, uh, Chuck Dixon is a fairly close friend of yours, and you. Um, uh, so you certainly collaborate a whole bunch with him. Oh yeah. Yeah. Chuck and I have been pals for 35 years. Um, and like you said, collaborating on tons, tons of stuff together. Mm. You know, we're very simpatico, uh, with, you know, how we approach storytelling. Uh, Chuck has, um, uh, some artistic talent as well, you know, cartooning type stuff. So he understands the visuals and stuff. Um, and, uh, you know, I understand the writing end of things too. So some stuff that doesn't mm. work, you know, um, uh, he's not afraid to tell me and I'm not afraid to tell him, you know, it's like, yeah, this sucks. This is well, I'm going to rework <laughs> this, you know, and he'll be like, uh, I hate circular panels. Don't put them in, you know? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So do you ever put it in to annoy him? I'm sorry. Do you ever put in the circular panels to annoy him? 
<laughs> yeah, and then he writes scripts that has helicopters in it, and I hate drawing helicopters. <laughs> <laughs> so I got to be careful because he'll get even, you know. <laughs> Actually, I think it was in his Moonstone story that there was a helicopter, but I don't think it was the one that you drew. I think it was the slave trading story that he did, and there was a helicopter in that one, I believe. <laughs> yeah, so. uh, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in fact, the, we're working on a project right now um, that uh, <laughs> in the script he says, you know, the, an attack chopper comes sweeping down, and then he puts in parentheses, sorry, Graham. <laughs> <laughs> Just uh, draw it in a circular panel. You're both. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Draw in a circular panel. That's a good one. <laughs> Wait, that's what I should have done. <laughs> uh, well, I must say the um, just to duck back to that trading card series. The the scene at the end, and I don't want to um, you know. People should have read it by now, but maybe they're still putting their sets together. But the uh, the the end for the villain um, comes very suddenly and um, in a way that uh, very much surprised my ten year old boy. <laughs> I must say when he when he put it together and saw and he because it's, it's sort of a little yeah. bit tricky as you jigsaw the the story together um, and then the the way that that's shaded and coloured that um, that panel. Um, he didn't pick I, up immediately I don't what happened. What happened? I can't remember what happened. Oh uh, well. <laughs> he gets decapitated um, <laughs> as he goes through a uh, plate glass window. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> Doesn't he fall? Um, he falls yes. down? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. And it's <laughs> ironic because that's what he was doing to the gorillas. Exactly. Right. Yeah, yeah. 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 So no, that was um, uh, the way that uh, between the gorilla heads and that uh, it was probably the <laughs> for my ten year old, he's um, the most violence he's seen in the comic book. But um, it was well, you know, I'm not saying it was overly violent. It was appropriate for him. I knew that. But uh, yeah, no, it um, he's going to have a lasting imprint on him. I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> for me, one of the things that I liked with that series was the was the colours, like the like the red. Like you know the red backgrounds, and then you got the blues and the whites and stuff. It was really, um, it was really striking. Mm. And all the one where he's getting shot through. I'll, I'll just it's just to refresh your memory, uh, where he's getting shot through. There's the the three card okay. series, and mm -hmm. then um, who so colored that, those? Was it, was it Glenn? Was it Glenn Ford who colored those? Oh, I thought it was you. <laughs> <laughs> um. It doesn't yeah. actually say who the colorist was. Yeah. How recently did you actually draw that one? Um, because we've only obviously only uh, got the cards in our hands probably six months ago, nine months ago, I suppose. Um, oh. So how long ago did you did you draw it? I'm gonna say three years ago. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, something uh, like that. It's been a is few it? Is it an interesting challenge? Um, as I said, you know, we put it together like a jigsaw, drawing it as a jigsaw. Did you enjoy that? Because um, I thought you used the, the cards um, and the way they came together as panels really effectively. That page yeah. that Jermaine just showed up, you know, has three or four different size panels, um, like a strip at the bottom, a single inset, um, even just through the use of trading cards. Did you, what was that uh, experience like? Well, it was a little bit of a challenge, you know, I gridded out the board um, so that I knew the shapes of the cards so that it, all the important information would stay with, mm. within them. Um, and I think in, the se in, in that particular one, uh, we might have even uh, just um, 
Chuck might have written it so that each panel, you know, uh, for however many cards is on a sheet, let's say it's uh, six, you know, uh, each panel was written. There's six panels on there so that I could do it in the shape of the cards. I, I think, you know, I could yeah. be wrong. Maybe some of the cards are split and you've got to put them together. I, I'm not quite sure I remember. Mm. Well, from, yeah, it, it was a great end result. Um, I was giving you credit, sorry, with the colouring, and then you had to realise then you told us you didn't even do it. Um, yeah, so it was, because, did you, Dan, did you collect the original series back in 96? Um, yes, I did. Yes, I did. It's here somewhere. Um, yeah. So were you, were you actually buying them individually packets and putting them together? In 96 I was, yeah. Um, a bit more of a disposable income 20 years later, so I was able to buy a box and make sure I got the entire set. But back in 96, yeah, um, I was actually working at a newsagent and um, was collecting them um, <laughs> almost every day. I'd pick up another one uh, to take home on the way home from work. Mm. I did, yeah, for myself... I think it was around that period of time. So I ended up buying a whole end pack and stuff like that. So it was, for me, getting the, the end of the series 20 years later, it was, it, was, it was great. Oh, cool. Awesome. Um, so we've talked briefly about some of your uh, DC work with, um, uh, with Batman and stuff like that. So would you classify yourself as a, as a, as a DC person? Uh, career-wise, or or just, just as a fan? Uh, I guess both. Yeah. Uh, well, I've certainly done the bulk of my work uh, at DC. Um, mm. uh, but you know, a, a, as a kid and as a fan, I read just as many Marvel comics as I did DC. Um, uh, you know, I like them both. <laughs> But I just ended up being uh, uh, at DC uh, for most of my career just because of the timing, you know. Yeah. Awesome. And what about their movies? Are you enjoying their movies? Do you enjoy comic book movies? I, uh, some of them, uh, yeah. Uh, I think some of the, the early Marvel stuff was really good. Um, I didn't like the last two Avengers. Uh, I think they're, they're sort of jumping the shark there. Um, uh, the DC ones, the only one that I've really liked is uh, Wonder Woman. Yeah. Uh, they seem to be having a problem getting the properties right on the screen. I mean, mm. with, and they got Henry Cavill, who was the best looking, uh, Superman you could ever cast. And they give him the crappiest scripts, uh, where he, he's got nothing to do, mm. you know? So they're, they're way, you know, he's aging out and, you know, you're, you're wasting this great Superman, you know? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, their TV series, DC, DC's TV series seems to be. Um, I've been enjoying. I've been enjoying them, like with the uh, um, Arrow and, and and Flash and and even the Legends of Tomorrow. That that they seem to be getting the TV series fine, but the movies are a bit. Yeah, um, I don't know, just as a as a casual, you know, I'm a comic fan or a fan fan who you know knows enough to get myself into trouble when it comes to. Um, to the comics from the other fields, but yeah, the TV series are enjoyable, but the movies not as much. I, I don't watch the TV show, so I really couldn't say. Okay. 
Well, speaking of films, though, what about the uh, the '96 Billy Zane, the Phantom movie? Did you? It, it was obviously just before you actually embarked. It was released just before you embarked on your career as a, as the Sunday artist. Um, was it? Um, you know, did you enjoy it at the time? Uh, is it something you rewatch? Yeah, I I, I loved it. Uh, I thought you know, as far as casting, Billy Zane was amazing as the Phantom. Uh, he captured the the writing, captured the flavor of the Phantom. That kind of you know. Uh, 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 devil may care action hero uh, who's always knows what he's doing um, but he's not above you know joking around and stuff I, I mm. love that the, mm. the villains were over the top you know uh, he, uh, um, I thought that was the weakest part of that film but they cast a great guy uh, as the Phantom and his performance is great as the Phantom could have been a better movie um, <clears throat> but, uh, you know, for what it was, I thought it was a lot of fun. I, I mm. enjoyed it, you know? Mm. Awesome. So uh, we spoke to, yeah. um, we, we so, spoke to Billy Zane about, uh, two months ago and, um, he's actually keen to, to get a new Phantom movie up and going. So this is a great little segue. If you're listening to this, head to our website and sign the petition, um, to get a second, uh, Phantom movie made. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, so, so you've, uh, from, um, oh, sorry, just lost my train of thought. Um, so some of the other work, so you've done, so you've done Batman, you did Batman for, uh, for quite a while. Would you classify yourself more as a, would that be kind of like who you see yourself from a career wise or? As a Batman person rather than a fan person, Batman you mean? person or as a, as a fan person or just in general? No, I, I think uh, uh, fans might classify me as that, but yeah. I don't. Uh, you know, I I just see myself as a storyteller, uh, and I I just tell stories for you know different things. You know, I just did a lot of Batman stuff, but I did some mm -hmm. Superman too. I did uh, Hawk Hawkman for a lot of year, uh, like two years. Uh, the Atom. Um, you know, at Marvel, I did uh, some of the Marvel adventures, Iron Man, X-Men Forever, uh, you know, quite a few other things outside of, of, uh, of Batman. But, you know, I, I tend to be, you know, that was the probably most successful books, you know, because at the time they were selling, you know, close to, a, you know, 800,000 copies. Wow. Uh, you know, so I think most people know me from that and well really from bane really the uh yeah design and co-creation of bane mm. so you may mention of uh monster island that's something that you've been able to revisit recently um mm. is the and you just recently did um a kickstarter uh for it so that was the second that's the second book did you just want to tell us yes. a little bit about that yeah uh the original one, Monster Island, uh, I uh, formed a company and published myself um, uh, as a comic. And then uh, a couple of years ago, uh, Ominous Press uh, approached me about, um, you know, doing something with Monster Island. So we produced an art book like the um, artist editions that IDW does um, that had uh, all the scans because I have all the artwork. Um, and, uh, we scanned all the artwork from the original and printed it, you know, with all the blue lines and all the markings and everything, you know, just like those art books. Mm -hmm. uh, and then we, uh, and then, um, 
while that was going on, then I started working on the actual sequel, the tw 20 years later, you know, finally getting to do the sequel, which is Return to Monster Island. And, uh, and that one uh, was going to be done in full color. And so we had uh, Greg Wright color the original Monster Island, and then we printed the Return to Monster Island. So now the two of them are these uh, beautiful uh, hard hardcover books. Cool. And so has that come, that hasn't come out yet? Is that? Yes, correct? that's out. Yep. That's okay, been, it's out. Yep. Yep. Um, so people can buy that at um, good bookshops and. and yeah, uh, it's going to start appearing in bookstores, uh, um, you know, like uh, Barnes and Noble and those kind of bookstores uh, uh, within the next uh, month or so. Um, and, uh, but I think you can also order it directly from, uh, ominous press. Um, if you go to, uh, visit monsterisland.com, there should be links in there to where you could get it. Awesome. Awesome. Mm. So I know that's been a bit of a passion. Is it exciting to be able to revisit and return to monsters Island? Oh, absolutely. Uh, create our own stuff is, is where it's at. You know, it's, it's, mm, it's yeah. the most fun. Um, it's the most personal. Um, I mean, Monster Island uh, originally uh, almost got optioned by um, uh, DreamWorks uh, oh, wow. to do a film of it. I, I, I had a call from an agent at CAA one day um, saying that she had taken it to uh, Steven Spielberg. And that uh, he read it and loved it, and he said to her, "This is how we should have ended Jurassic Park 3. Huh? So he really liked the ending of Monster Island a lot. So um, we, uh, you know, they had their attorneys contact me, and we talked about contracts and all that kind of stuff. And then before we could sign anything, uh, there was a uh, a change in the uh, uh, executive branch upstairs, and a bunch of guys got fired, and. Huh? In Hollywood, if somebody goes, everything that's on their desk goes with them because nobody wants to give credit to somebody else for something that becomes yeah. successful. So Monster Island was on their desk. They got fired and uh, out of it. So, uh, it didn't happen. But, you know, the, the, the good thing is that since we're revisiting it now, it's getting new fans and new and, and mm. actually the, um, the property is being expanded because, you know, now we have Return to Monster Island. And uh, I'm hoping to start uh, Escape from Monster Island shortly. Okay. And would you do that by Kickstarter again? Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That would get uh, uh, hopefully funded by Kickstarter. Awesome. Uh, and so for those who are listening, we'll, um, uh, as a fan of Crowd, I think we did it for your last one. We put up a couple of links on uh, social media and stuff like that. So we'll do that again when that oh, comes out. Great. Thank you. I know, I remember one of the pledge levels that you had was a original piece of the Phantom from your Sunday, and from memory, that went very, very quickly. It did. It was one of the first uh, first levels that closed out. Mm. Do you still have much um, of your uh, Sunday art? Um, I do. Yeah. Yeah, I have a lot, uh, a lot of my Sunday art, because I, I, I don't really, I don't sell my originals uh, i stopped selling them maybe 20 years ago mm -hmm. uh just because um i didn't need to uh and mm -hmm. uh, I, I i started seeing stuff that i sold for you know covers that i sold for you know 200 bucks you know go selling for three thousand. 
<laughs> yeah. So it's very flattering. <laughs> <laughs> I decided then and there, you know what? Um, down the road, these as these things age and and yeah. and the kids that that read them are going to have great fond memories of them and as they become successful in their careers and stuff you know they might want that as a part of their nostalgia you know and mm. just like johnny ramita and john buscema art and stuff you know i remember when you could buy stacks of buscema pages for 25 to 50 dollars you know those same pages are thousands now yeah you know yeah. so so, uh, yeah, I've been kind of holding on and keeping the market tight, you know. And so most of the stuff that's out there was either uh, sold by inkers who, yep. who gets the artwork back. But, I mean, in, in primarily the last um, almost 20 years, I've uh, only inked my own work. I haven't mm -hmm. used it, you know. Cause, again, I, I, I like the purity of it, of, of, the, of, the, of the cartoonist, you know, the writer, artist who, who has a vision and uh, executes it you know mm. I like that, that that purity yeah just talking about the original art I, like i said before i've got one of them i believe there was another one that was donated at the dinner the year before but and then there was the sunday that you had on the kickstarter pledge but i don't believe there's many um phantom original pieces of art out there and oh, by me yeah, uh, yeah, by you, by yourself. I know it's definitely a grail item for a lot of collectors out there. Yeah, well, you know, when somebody contacts me, you know, that that's when I, you know, I say, well, all right, they're interested in it. You know, I might I might sell off a, a Sunday, you know, but um, yep. um, you know, I don't put them up regularly. Mm. So people, <clears throat> sorry about that. Uh, mm. So people people can contact you for um, for original art and stuff oh yeah commissions i do commissions too uh so you know i did a, a really cool batman fighting the phantom commission some mm -hmm. years back i was going to ask you about that actually because yeah. um uh, i think the well i hope it was the same person or, or whatever but has put it on a mug and and i've actually it's up there behind me um the ceramic mug with your batman fighting um Phantom, which is a, it's a really come out really cool. So beautiful piece of art. That, that one where he's jumping over the log to fight him. Yeah, yeah. Oh, really? Go get it. Go get it. <laughs> Somebody put that on a mug. Is that it? I can't tell because your your little screen is so small. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> I'm I'm pretty sure that's. Uh, Can you blow him up? Yeah, Batman's jumping over the log to. Um, oh. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah, but it's backwards. Oh, okay. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Something happened to the uh, the coffee image. shop. Yeah, it's a mirror image. If you hold it up to the mirror, then it'll look right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, unless unless it's the uh, the camera actually, oh, uh, you know, reversing things. Actually, yeah, because I can see your signature is there, and it's um it's correct at my end. So they they oh, haven't put okay. the then it, it's the camera. camera. Okay, yeah. then it's right. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and you would have also done a, a commission piece recently, um, a jam piece, with uh, where you drew on the same page as a, as a bunch of other Phantom artists. Oh, yeah. Is it from um, uh, Jaime Diaz? Correct, I yeah, think. from New York. Yeah. 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 Um, who was who else was already on the piece when you um, when you drew on it? Um, what, what was it like to, to share space with... Um, 
some some other phantom legends yeah Cy Cy was already on there so that was kind of cool um yeah it, it was cool you know yep <laughs> yeah, I do a lot of jam pieces with, with, with guy stuff, you know, and everybody tries to outdo the guy that did it before you. So <laughs> that's what's kind of cool, you know. It's like when you when you do a jam piece, it's like, oh man, that's really good there. I'm gonna have to step it up. Yeah. You know? And uh so yeah. Yeah, you almost don't want to be the first artist on a jam piece. <laughs> <laughs> or you kill it. <laughs> make everybody yeah. <laughs> make it impossible for everyone else <laughs> yeah. so um we may mention of it before uh sunshine state is that a that's a comic strip that appears in newspapers or is it just a, a, a web a web ones right now it's just a web strip um but uh i'm actually starting to collect a database of weekly newspapers in the united states uh, and I'm going to uh, uh, send it out and try and self-syndicate it myself uh, into uh, weekly papers. Now, you may mention earlier that you grew up on the Sunshine Coast in, in Florida. Are these, uh, is like that story kind of like a throwback or like, you know, kind of like a tribute to that part of your life? Or like, where did that come from? You know, uh, I, I'm a beach boy. Uh, yeah. I lived in Long Island. I lived three blocks from the ocean. Uh, when I lived in Florida, it was the same thing. You know, I was like three blocks from the ocean. So, um, I, I love, I love that state. I love the, the craziness of it. Um, uh, I love the sun and the sand and the surf. And, uh, you know, it was, I, I don't live near it now. I live in, um, Western New York. So, you know, I'm pretty far away from it. Uh, so on those cold winter nights, you know, uh, I get to dream about, you know, uh, palm trees and warm breezes and, and, uh, you know, and the waves crashing and it, it, it soothes my soul. <laughs> awesome. Um, and you so, so people can read that online. Yes. It's, uh, it's, it's part of, uh, um, uh, universal presses, uh, go comic site. So if you go to gocomics.com, um, you can set up your own subscription uh, for free uh, on that site uh, and make up basically your own comics page. You can choose from there's hundreds and hundreds of strips uh, that are on there, and you know, um, so you, you know, or you can you can subscribe, you know, have a paid thing, and then you don't get the ads and all that kind of stuff. But uh, yeah, awesome. Um, I've just been looking at some of your Phantom Men covers when you did some story, uh, some cover work for uh, Egmont, and some of those covers look painted. Are they? Are they like? Are they painted or? They're all painted. Yeah, I did yep. three of them. Yeah. Yeah. So there's the one which looks like there's people or aliens in the background. There's uh, a hooded, yeah, zombies. There's a hooded yeah. guy behind him, and then there's a. Um, I really like your third one, which has got the skull and the, um, it's kind of like a, what would you call it? A, a bird's eye type of view looking down at the phantom. Yeah. And it's, the burning map. Yeah. The burning map and stuff like that. So, so they were all painted. Yes. Some guy just posted that one, the one you're just talking about where the, the, the pirate phantom holding the, the flintlock, uh, onto, uh, my Facebook page. Just, just not, 
not even an hour ago. Isn't that funny? <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, do you have like, uh, so I, I must admit, I've never seen much of your work being painted. Is that a medium that you enjoy or? I do. I, I don't do enough of it, you know, to get really, really good at it, but uh, I do enjoy it. Yeah. I need to do more of it, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then you, sorry. Hold on a second here. This was done for a trading card set. Oh, yes, that's the um, that's the print set for Phantom's Vault. How come it's blurry? Does it look blurry to you? Oh, I think um. There's you, the toggle on Skype that's you've. I think you might have saying blur background, and it's trying. It's just picking up human faces. I think that technology. Yeah. Oh, let's see. There you go. Yeah, that's better. Yeah, I know that one. I've got that poster. Okay. So is that the original art there? Yeah, that's the original. Yeah, and and, and likewise, you well um, for people who aren't watching, Graham's just um, gone and pulled that down off the wall behind him. So uh, obviously, a piece you're you're particularly proud of. Yeah. Yeah. I really. Uh, I did that in 1994, so that's pretty old. Um, I, I really enjoyed that. That one was definitely uh, inspired by Don Newton. You know, mm, yeah. uh, he did a cover, something like with a skull in the background, I think. Um, but yeah, I really like that one, so I kept it. Mm. So that would be your first published Phantom piece of work, I believe. If that was I think that so. was done in '94, and then. Your trading card series was done in the first series was done in '96, um, and then you've got your Sunday work that started in uh, in 2000. Mm. Right. So that that would be your first published phantom piece yeah. of work. I think you're right. Yeah. Um, now that you now that you make mention of Don Newton, I can definitely see can definitely see that. Mm. Um, also, you've done a cover for Herms Press as well. Um, which was back, what, probably five years ago, I believe? Oh, yeah, uh, that's one of my favorite Phantom covers that I've ever done. I love that cover. Oh, wow. What do you like about it, Grant? Uh, I like the uh, the mood, you know. Uh, it was like, um, I think they were asking for a bunch of guys to, to uh, you know, do mm. a Phantom cover. And I didn't want to do that, you know, old chestnut of the Phantom riding on his horse in the woods or something like that, you know. I wanted mm. to, to give him uh, a different look but still make it Phantom. So I mm. I, uh, I put him into the Casbah. Mm. Uh, yep. I was thinking instead of the jungle but North Africa, you know, mm. and, and, and stick him in uh, this crime-ridden area, um, which has a lot, like, um, what was that movie? Um, Algiers was it? The Charles Boyer, where the, it took place within the Casbah and stuff, it was really cool. Uh, but anyway, uh, that was my thought, you know. And um, mm. by keeping, you know, having him uh, the cast shadow on him with the moon behind him, I just I like the the design aspect of it. Uh, mm. Your eye is drawn directly to him. Mm. Uh, so. And, and, you know, his body posture and everything says badass, you know. Mm. Mm. So. Oh, it's, a, it's a 
gripping picture. And, um, you know, you are saying before about uh, keeping the Phantom's face in shadow. You've certainly done that on this one, the, the silhouette. <laughs> um, the eyes are just so vibrant and stand out, and that's all you can see, the eyes of the mask. It, um, but you're right, it's a really compelling, really powerful piece. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I really like that one. I use that a lot on my Facebook page because I, I really like it. Yeah, yeah. So you may mention that you were working on a new uh, series. So do you do much current fans? Uh, sorry, much current work or uh, that at the moment, or is it just kind of like when uh, work excites you, 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 you kind of go for it then, or do you do basically full time work and? Oh, it's full time. I mean, I got bills to pay, so you yeah. know, uh, I I've never been out of work uh, in thirty five years, so I'm always working on stuff. Sometimes mm. I can't announce it, uh, you mm. know, like the thing that Chuck and I are working on right now. We can't really announce anything until February first on that. Um, yeah. uh, but you know, down the road, you know, I'm hoping that the next project, when I finish this one up, which should be around March, uh, that I can start in on Escape from Monster Island. Mm. Uh, you know, I I did uh, another creator-owned series for IDW a few years back called Joe Frankenstein. Um, you know, I just haven't done a ton of work for Marvel and DC uh, in recent years. I've been focusing mm. on their own stuff and, mm. you know, that kind of thing. Well, despite what some comic fans think, there are other parts of the industry than just Marvel and DC. So, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It is fun to play in their sandbox, to be sure. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's, it's always going to end up the same way eventually. You're, mm. They're going to age you out. Or, uh, um, you know, there's not a lot of, of loyalty, you know, in, in big corporations, you know, and if, if it could happen to Jack Kirby, it could happen to Graham Nolan, that's for sure. So, <laughs> you know, I try to keep, you know, as many um, different uh, revenue streams going and different, uh, different projects, you know, so that I don't, you know, fall back on just one, you know. Mm. So talking about different revenue streams would you um any phantom work coming up in in the near future no i don't have anything scheduled for that oh well we might have to get on to through about that one i reckon <laughs> <laughs> well certainly certainly commissions as well we hope that uh you know continue continue putting those out for people what do, would you um do you go to do you have time to go to many conventions graham like um comic cons or um uh, you know, supernova here in Australia. We'd love to uh, love you to have a holiday over here and uh, spend some time um, at the cons <laughs> over here. Do you, do you get out and do that sort of stuff much at all? I do quite a bit uh, mm -hmm. of shows. Um, last year was the most I've done in a long time, uh, mm -hmm. and I'm starting to fill up my schedule now. Um, <clears throat> and I've been asked to go to Supernova uh, more than a few times, um, but it it never times out right um you know for me to come because you know it's it's a really long trip <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah it, it, is. So, it you know, is i'm not gonna travel by myself to to something like that so i either have to you know bring my wife with me who's not too keen on flying that long uh oh, or, really? or bring a buddy with me or something like that you know so mm. one of these because i really love to get to australia i really want to see you know uh to me, Australians are just like, you know, American cousins, you know, they're kind of, you know, rough hewn, uh, uh, salt of the earth, you know, uh, um, 
kind of got the short end of the stick from Britain and uh, <laughs> <laughs> just, just like Americans, you know, and then you're, you're, you're kind of that uh, cowboy mentality, you know, so I, I always felt like, you know, I could really be comfortable in Australia. I think you would, I think you would enjoy the fishing as well. Absolutely. <laughs> swimming. Because <laughs> um, you're, you're a big fisherman. Anyone that follows you on Facebook, uh, that's, that's your other big passion will be fishing. Yeah, I love it. Once the weather breaks around here, I love to get out and fish. You know, it's, well, it's very yeah. soothing, relaxing. Yeah, mm. no, you, would, um, you, would, you would love Australia. You would have to... Um, Maybe spend a little bit, uh, an extra week or two, and uh, do a bit of a fishing tour after, after your supernova yeah. tour. <laughs> Would be cool. <clears throat> well, there you go. So you've got two options: either bring your wife or bring a fishing body, uh, fishing buddy. But uh... That's good, yeah, <laughs> have to figure out which one I want to go with. <laughs> your wife. Best not to make that decision in public. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> so when you do come out and it, whether you come out with your wife or your buddy we know which one you decided <laughs> <laughs> it might be her decision though you know because she might uh, you know she she just uh just, just doesn't like love flying first off but but for that long you know it uh, is yeah it is a big commitment i i get antsy on a plane after four hours and you know to fly to australia there's a lot yeah. more of those yeah, what is it about? Like Fifteen hours, something like that. Seventeen hours. Yeah, yeah. In, that, in that bracket for sure. And so, yeah. and to come over, you, what is it? You, you, you gain time, and then you go back. You, you lose time. And in, in talking to people like um, Alex, Alex Saviak, who's come, who's done the trip and um, and stuff like that. They, it. I think uh, I spoke to Jeff when he came over last year. I think it took him like about a week or two just to you know fully recover and. Uh, and stuff like that so it's it's a yeah. big commitment yeah you can't just shoot in for a weekend you know <laughs> no <laughs> no like I, I had the opportunity to, to do a show this year in dubai oh, and wow. oh. again that's another one that's uh i think it was like 17 hours you know um and i'm not going to spend you know 17 hours on a plane to spend a weekend in dubai you know mm. i mean I, yeah i'm gonna need at least 10 days anywhere you know, if I'm going to spend that much time flying. Yeah. Well, the way the Sydney, um, well, the way the supernovas work is that you have uh, whatever week, whatever convention is, they have one weekend in one city and then they do the next weekend in the other one. So if you did come to Australia, um, I would recommend the Sydney and Perth one personally <laughs> but that's I'm slightly biased on that <laughs> warning that is a four to five hour flight just between those two uh, cities so <laughs> the flying's oh, not really? done once yeah no, they're on opposite sides of the country and um oh. yeah <laughs> um but yes yeah, so he's got a big country too so <laughs> yes yeah yeah, yeah. And not, not a lot of in between either <laughs> oh <laughs> that's true yeah um, so yeah, no, uh, Dan, have you got any other questions that you would like to ask? Uh, no, I'm, I've really enjoyed talking to you, Graham. It's been, um, yeah, great to, to pick your brain and, and hear some stories and, and, um, you know, see where you're at at the moment. seems like you're really enjoying your work. You're still enjoying your work and, um, long may it continue. Well, th thank you, sir. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I am enjoying it. It's like I said, it's all I ever wanted to do. And, you know, I, I, I just love telling stories, you know, mm -hmm. Yeah. 
So do you have uh, anything that you kind of wished we asked or anything that we might have missed or, or anything like that? Mm, I don't think so. We've we covered quite a bit of ground, I think. Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, well, I'll just, you know, from, from myself who's, who's been a fan, uh, who is a fan of fan and has enjoyed your work a lot ever since I first saw um, the Warado's Secret in the free comic, um, I've enjoyed your work. Um, so from, from myself, I'd like to thank you for your time. Um, and I'm sure a lot of other fans have enjoyed it as well. Um, before we before we sign off, um, Graham, do you have um, if people want to get in touch with you for a commission or any, or anything like that? What how what's the best way for them to go about that? How do we um, stay in touch oh. with you now? Well, they can either do it through Facebook message or uh, or email me at uh, Graham at GrahamNolan.com. Pretty easy. Perfect. It is, and you've, you've you're very kind with your words because with your time with fans, I, I remember, like I said, as a as a younger person, you actually had your email signature on your Sunday strips, um, and that's yes. so that's that's one thing that I've always um, you know in, enjoyed about you is that basically you had your you know a way of fans getting in contact with you via your email even back then. Yeah, you know, we're nothing without our without the fans. You know, they're the ones that uh, you know are passionate about the work, and they, you know, they're the ones that uh, that buy the products and stuff. And and I remember being the fan. You know, um, mm. the first the first um, professional I ever met was uh, the creator of Captain Marvel, CC Beck, and uh, I met him in Orlando, um, nineteen seventy seven. And he, he was just, you know, I was this nervous kid, you know, I'd never met a professional artist before and, you know, somebody who um, was doing what I wanted to do, you know, and he was just so sweet, such a nice guy. He was, he was older at the time, you know, uh, but uh, he, he was just really nice. You know, I gave him uh, uh, an issue of Captain Marvel Adventures from the 1940s and that he signed for me and I still have it. Oh, wow. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah, those moments are, are, are so, um, you know, poignant, at, for, well, I'm sure, for anyone who gets the chance to meet you at cons or whatever these days as well. So, yeah, and, and as Jermaine said, the, the time you've spent with us today, you're right, it has been a really comprehensive chat and we really, um, really appreciate you taking out the time on a Saturday afternoon for you. Oh, it was my pleasure, guys. It was really enjoyable. And you're, you get, I just did all the work. You had to wake up at four in the morning to come <laughs> talk to me. You know? I mean, I've had lunch, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. you guys get the applause you know <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you um, but no re really appreciate your time um, and um, yeah we'll look, look, look forward to seeing you in person when you come out to Australia <laughs> no <good>. pressure <laughs> <laughs> sounds good guys <laughs> no worries uh, thank you for your time you're welcome have a great day Ooh, we will thanks okay bye bye Awesome, Dan. Um, so thank you, uh, Graham, again for um, uh, for his time for his time in the Saturday afternoon. Hmm. Um, did you enjoy that, Dan? Yeah, it was really good. It was really good. It's. Um, I, I'm sorry for the listeners that there's not going to be a YouTube option for this one because it was re he was really engaging to speak to and then being able to see the stuff that he pulled off the wall and that sort of thing was really cool for us. Um, but uh, yeah, no, Graham was very. Um, 
you know, very happy to talk about his time with the Phantom. You know, he's a much bigger artist than that. I mean, uh, Batman yeah. fans would probably have listened to, or to that podcast um, we've just had or that interview we've just had with him and, be, you know, beating on their desks or honking the horns of their cars with all of the, the Batman questions we could have asked. Um, but I really enjoyed the fact that he was able to delve so deeply into his love of the Phantom and um, his, yeah. his time on the strip. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, we, we did talk about some of his other um, uh, his other indiv individual work, like Monsters Island, Sunshine State and stuff like that. Um, but, you know, we are a fan to podcast, first of, first of Absolutely. all. Absolutely. Um, so, no, so everyone, we thank you for your time and listening to us. We hope you enjoyed that. Uh, if you're a Phantom fan, I hope you enjoyed learning a little bit more about Graham Nolan. Um, uh, getting some insight into some into how he works, into his love of the character, um, and then also maybe even a answering that the, that question that we get asked a lot mm. is why did Graham Nolan leave the Sunday Strip? So mm. you know, if, if you've ever wondered that, now you know because well, uh, it's Egmont's yeah. fault. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was half expecting you to uh, to do a throwaway line with that uh, during. <laughs> during the podcast but I'm, I'm glad you managed to hold that uh hold that in well i know you could i could sense that he was still disappointed you know that that had yeah. happened um and uh he talked about maybe retiring on the strip you know mm. we could still be having graham nolan phantom sundays uh and and dailies uh you know sliding doors um yeah what might have happened but anyway um such is life and it certainly doesn't sound like um graham uh you know bemoans the way that his life's turned out or anything like that. But it's just interesting to think what might have happened if, uh, um, you know, King Features at the time had taken, taken a stronger stance with what they wanted to do. Mm. So for those who uh, have come in late, um, we are a... Uh, we are chroniclechamber.com. Uh, you can find all about us at our website, which is chroniclechamber.com. Uh, basically, we are a Phantom fan uh, website where we talk about the fan, we're geeks, we're nerds, uh, we love the Phantom and we love everything about it. Um, basically, that's the best place to find us. You can find us on social media. Uh, you got Facebook, you can find us at uh, chroniclechamber.com, um, Twitter at Chronicle Tweets, and then of course Instagram as well, which is at Chronicle Chamber. Um, you, so that's where you can find all about us. If you ever need to get in contact us with us, you can find us on social media, but also email, which is chroniclechamber at gmail.com. Uh, one of the things that we are doing right now, uh, we are doing the fire, uh, the fire appeal, the bushfire appeal book. Um, so that, um, you know, that's, that's worth having a look at as well. If you feel like supporting us, uh, basically helping us pay the bills, um, you know, buying the bunch of flowers as we wake up the family at 4 a.m., uh, for asking for <laughs> forgiveness, things like that. Are you spending uh, Patreon money on flowers, Jim? <laughs> what? <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, but no, basically, um, Patreon, we are on Patreon. That helps pay the bills, pay um, uh, basically the software that we use to record these, um, software uh, cloud space in, in the sky for uh, the website, for... Um, for what do you call it, for the recordings, the hosting, for yeah. hosting of the website, hosting of, of everything like that as well. Um, we've got different levels in the Patreon. One of them is the P3, which is the Phantom Preservation Project, which is where we basically are custodians of 
phantom history and we pull it all together and basically have a, a preservation project or a depository where basically stuff that might have been lost or has probably been lost, we recover it and that we store it there as well for so people can look at it. And a lot of people do basically support us just so they can get access to that. Um, it, is, it, is a, it is a great little resource, so we would recommend everyone have a look at, us, at that as well. Now, if this is your first time you've ever listened to us, if you've come and listened to us because of Graham Nolan or, or you've just come across us on the web, um, you can subscribe to all our podcasts, which is on iTunes if you're an Apple user or if you're an Android user. They're basically any of the good uh, apps like Podbean, Player FM, CastBox, Listen Notes, etc. We are on, and then we're also on Spotify as well. So if that's the way you like to listen to your podcasts, we can be found on Spotify as well. So again, a huge thanks to Graham uh, for spending you know a good hour and a half, two hours with us. Um, Dan, I appreciate your time, mate. Appreciate you waking up nice and early. Uh, you going back to bed? Yeah, yeah, probably. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've got teenagers, so they'll still be asleep. You're in trouble though, because you've got little kids, and now it's probably about when they wake up anyway. <laughs> yeah, 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 and it's usually a little bit harder to wind down as well after a podcast. So. Um, yeah, I'll, I might finally wind down and get ready for sleep and they'll all be awake if they're not awake yep, already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, all no right. worries, mate. All right, well, uh, everyone, thank you for listening. Uh, Dan, until next time, happy phantoming. Happy phantoming, Jim. 500 years ago, he washed ashore the sole survivor of a shipwreck. And upon the skull of the man who killed his dad, he said, I'm mad, I must eradicate piracy, injustice and cruelty. And all my sons will follow me, so evildoers will believe that this man cannot die. The Phantom, the ghost who walks. The Phantom, enemies beware, the Phantom's always there, but you won't find the Phantom. He finds.